You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Thanks for joining us for this Viva podcast. Orthodontists' reliance on 2D technology is so ingrained, many resist making the move to CBCT technology. Today, we'll be discussing the mindset of orthodontists and offering compelling insight in a new standard of care for the profession. Our guest is Dr. Jay Burton, a practicing orthodontist in Tennessee with years of experience. He completed his orthodontic residency at the prestigious New York University before achieving certification from the American Board of Orthodontics. Before we get started on this podcast, I would like to thank Plan Mecca, a leader in dental imaging and dental equipment, for sponsoring this podcast. Dr. Burton, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Bill, it's good to be here. Thank you for having me. It's nice to be able to talk about something different than COVID-19 because, uh, as many of our listeners are aware, most of our previous podcasts are about this crisis that's going on which is very important that we're, we're covering that in as much detail as we can, and we're trying to update everybody. But as I mentioned on a previous podcast that was not related to COVID-19, it's refreshing to hear some real dental talk for a change. So getting to this topic, which uh, I found very interesting, because when I first was looking through the material and we were talking offline, you were mentioning that orthodontists uh, aren't using 3D technology that's available to them as much as I thought they were. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it, it really is surprising how the the technology um, has not been adopted at the rate that other technology in our profession has over the years. I think it's because most of us were trained using 2D. Uh, the educational resources out there for 3D as it relates to ortho really, you know, really have been lacking, honestly. Um, and I think by by nature, we as orthodontists are just resistant. To change. I mean, as dentists, we're resistant to change. So any new systems, they're difficult to implement. Um, you know, you've, you've got to combat the mindset of, well, I've been doing it this way for the last 20 years. Why, why should I change now? Why upset the apple cart? Um, and then, you know, part of it is they just don't know what they don't know. And that's a difficult conversation to have with somebody, um, particularly when they view that they've been providing good quality care. And I'm not saying that they haven't, but perhaps they would have been able to improve the quality of care that they were able to deliver had they adopted the technology sooner. And then others, I think they're just scared of the unknown. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is the same kind of thing that occurred when most dentists were using charts, paper charts and filing them in their filing cabinet. And then some of these companies like Dentrix and others came out with, uh, you know, the software that runs your practice. Uh, and it's all it was they had to computerize their office and they thought, you know, I, I practiced for years with a folder, drop the documents in the folder. And what's right. wrong with that? So, you know, right. now, now we look at that and it's insane to run a practice like that. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, w- one day we'll look back and do the same thing with CBCT. Like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it took us so long to adopt it. Uh, I think that's an excellent analogy because I, I think there was a lot of resistance to move away from paper charting, just like there's a lot of resistance to move away from um, 2D imaging. Right. And the same thing's happening with CAD CAM. I mean, there's a lot of doctors that rely on their labs, and I, I see that. The same thing probably occurred just with the GPs that moved to digital radiography from developing film in the darkroom. So, right. But it seems right. to me orthodontics just requires so much 3D information. I would. It just amazed me that as soon as this CBCT became available, if you, know, you have a successful orthodontic practice, you should kind of make that move. But it, I'm a retired endodontist, so if there are orthodontists listening, I apologize for my ignorance. So what is the most common objection you hear, and you did cover that just briefly before, about adopting CBCT into the orthodontic practice? 
I'd say the biggest one that I hear is with regard to medical legal liability. Because we are imaging such um, a large field of view on our patients, that opens us up to liability that not that we wouldn't have otherwise, especially nowadays with the access to the technology that exists, but certainly we feel a greater responsibility to be able to review that information or at least to send off to a radiologist to have it reviewed. It really centers around that liability concern. I followed that with just uh, or following that, it would be just a lack of knowledge or experience of how to use it, how it would affect their office. Um, but those are the, really the two biggest ones, uh, the medical legal issue, as well as the lack of knowledge, experience, and then kind of how it would affect their office. So medical legal, are you referring to missed pathologies? Yeah, exactly. It's that, you know, I wasn't trained to review a CBCT volume. I wasn't trained to identify pathology. But the truth is, um, bony pathology in the head and neck region, I mean, at least in my programs, that we, we covered that pretty well. Now, granted, we were using 2D radiography to do so for the most part. I think we are at least able to identify, hey, something looks off here. I need to get a second opinion on this, and I'm going to send it to a radiologist just to be sure. Or, hey, something looks off here. I'm going to send this to my oral surgeon and ask him, hey, you know, do you need to see this patient or is this something I need to worry about or should I just follow up with new imaging in, in six months? So I think there's some liability concerns out there, particularly as it relates to pathology. You know, most of us have found ways to mitigate that either through using uh, an external company like uh, Beam Readers or 3DDX or, um, or just getting to know your local um, oral maxillofacial radiologist to, to let them do the, uh, the, the volume reviews, the CBCT reviews. Now, is there some sort of pushback based on how deep the orthodontist is into their career? So, you know, you take an orthodontist who's been practicing 25 years, you know, you approach him with, with uh, CBCT equipment or imaging equipment, and they say, well, you know, I've been doing this, like you said, for so long, and I only have X number of years left in my career. Now is not the time for me to make that change. How does the demographics work? You know, interestingly enough, it, for, in my experience, at least just from talking to other doctors that are looking at equipment, um, the younger guys and girls are, are much more willing to adopt the technology, and maybe that's because they have had, you know, been able to get their feet wet with it in their program. Um, or just their interest in feeling that maybe this is the way, the direction that the, the specialty is going. So they seem to be particularly interested in it. And then the older docs, I'd say about, oh, five years away from retirement that are thinking about selling their practice and, you know, wanting to update some of their equipment, you know, they start to look at it because in their mindset, you know, if I have some of the more advanced equipment, maybe my practice will uh, you know, be more attractive to you know, a doctor looking to purchase it. It's really the, the people in the middle um, that I think have shown the most resistance to the technology. And I think that's because, you know, it, it's taken them five to 10 years to kind of get things, you know, where they're running smoothly and they're not having interruptions and things are just kind of working. And then to consider basically taking a piece of equipment that, that you're going to have to learn yourself, teach your staff to learn that's going to cause you to put new systems into place. Um, I think that might be the reason for the hesitancy. But early adopters would be the, uh, um, or sorry, not early adopters, the, the ones that are more willing to, to adopt the technology, I think either fall on the younger docs, you know, not let's say five years out of residency, and then the older docs looking to 
sell their practice in the next five years. Yeah, that's very interesting. That's a great uh, answer there. It's an analogy you can make to like you're trying to sell your house and you put a pool in a year and a half before you want to sell the house. It brings the value of the house up. So it's, you know, you'll get it back when you sell it possibly, but, um, and it makes the house more attractive. But then if you put the pool in earlier, you could have swam for 10 years and enjoyed it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, you know, I think the, the technology is going to be accepted um, within the industry if for no other reason than um, radiation hygiene. Um, the mm-hmm. fact that you can get more information at a lower dose of res- uh, radiation than 2D imaging, it, for me, that makes it almost a moral imperative to purchase the technology whenever it's time to replace your equipment. Can you give us three top reasons the orthodontic community needs to change their standard of care? I think number one, it has to be about the patients uh, and that there's there's no doubt in anyone's mind that's used 3D that it's absolutely what's best for the patient. For no other reason, like forget that it's better when you're trying to diagnose and treatment plan a case. Let's say that that's like an accepted fact. The other reason is just radiation dose alone. You know, why would I go out and buy a 2D pan-ceph machine, digital pan-ceph machine, that's going to dose at a higher radiation level and then get less information with that? I mean, in my mind, it makes more, much more sense to get the 3D machine. Granted, it costs a little bit, a little bit more money. But it's less radiation for your patients. It's more information for you with which you can do better diagnostics and better treatment planning. So that, by far, is the number one reason our standard of care will change with regard to CBCT. The second reason would be for the sake of our profession, the sake of our specialty. Um, We've got to find a way to differentiate ourselves from everything else that's going on in the market. I don't think there's any other area of dentistry under as much market pressure as orthodontics right now. I mean, we've got multiple DIY companies that have come out in the last two to five years. Um, We've got more GPs doing ortho than ever before, whether that's with Invisalign, with fast braces, with six-month smiles, you know, you name it. I think using CBCT allows us to differentiate ourselves from some of these other players in the market and say that, look, we are practicing with a higher standard of care. We are taking into consideration the full health uh, and well-being of the patient. We're making sure that we move teeth in a healthy way and keep teeth in the alveolar housing uh, to make sure that this patient's able to maintain their dentition for, the, for their entire life. It allows our profession, allows our specialty to, ha- to perhaps position itself in a way that we need to do so if our specialty is going to continue. And then Again, if, if for no other reason than as a specialist, we should be practicing with the most advanced technology. We should be providing the highest standard of care, the most advanced care with the best equipment available. It shouldn't be the GP down the road that has the, the CBCT machine that we're referring to in order to get CBCTs of impacted canines. I mean, to me, that's almost ridiculous, but I know, I know doctors out there that are doing that. It should really be, we should be leading the charge on and practicing at the highest uh, high standard. And I think to be able to do so, we really are required to practice with the latest technology and the best equipment. And by doing so, and this, I would say this is the third reason, it really provides us the, the whole picture, of a bigger picture of, of what's going on with the patient. Uh, we're able to look at airway. We're able to look at the alveolar housing. We're able to determine the torques and the tips that are needed to position teeth within the bone. Um, without uh, CBCT, 
you're really uh, limited on looking at buccal lingual movement of teeth um, because the, really the only way you can uh, is with CBCT technology. And that is the one, um, you know, when I look at the, the different views that you can render using a CBCT, the most important view to me are the slices of the individual teeth looking at buccal and lingual movements to help me plan my torques and whether or not I can procline teeth or protrude teeth or retract teeth or tip teeth. Without that information, I feel like you're really, you're guessing. And I don't like to guess. I don't like my doctors that treat me and my family to guess. Why in the world would I want to practice in a way where I'm having to guess, particularly when the technology is available where I don't have to guess? So now I can know. So why wouldn't I want to know? And I think really it comes down to the, the two reasons we talked earlier. It really becomes the fact of liability, medical legal liability with regards to mispathology. And then just a lack of knowledge and experience with the with the equipment and with CBCT imaging. Yeah, those are all great points. Really great points, Dr. Burton. Um, and thanks for sharing that with our audience. So tell us about some of the equipment that you're using. Uh, our audience always likes to know what the KOL is using. And, and um, I know there's quite a lot of options out there regarding CBCT. There really are. Um, and I'll, I'll say this as a caveat. I mean, granted, I am a KOL for Plant Mecca. But I bought my Promax Mid uh, machine probably two or three years before I ever started uh, working with them in a KOL capacity. So I can tell you the reason that I bought the machine was because I felt like it provided the best image quality. The long-term ownership costs were less than the the competition and the the warranties uh, and everything that were in place were better than the competition. So I just felt like it was the not only the best image quality, gave me the best diagnostic information from a cost perspective, practice management perspective. It just made the most sense for, uh, financially. I use the Promax Mid uh, for CBCT imaging. I have uh, I have their Emerald S scanner uh, for intraoral scanning. Other technology in the office. I have a Form Two, a Form Three, and a Form Three B printers. Um, and I should also mention I am an advisor to Form Labs, so just being full disclosure. The big technology or the big ticket item technology uh, that I use in the office on a regular basis. So how does one make the decision on what technology to purchase, number one? I mean, I guess they have to shop around, but let's say they're interested in the Plan Mecca uh, imaging equipment you mentioned, and uh, mm -hmm. you mentioned the Promax 3D MID. So do they get to, uh, is there, do they have to go to a showroom to, to see how it works? Because obviously Plan Mecca can't send these doctors a sample. So like as right. a consumable restorative material. So what's the best way to proceed to decide, okay, you know what? Uh, I heard about the Promax 3D Mid. Uh, I, I'd like to see how it works. What, what do they do? You know, historically, if it wasn't during the times that we're facing right now with COVID-19, it, it would be you would go to your trade show and you'd get to see it there. Absent of that, I think it's a matter of working with your sales rep in your area. Chances are they've sold a machine to somebody close by. Uh, and I would be happy to have an orthodont another orthodontist come to my office and take a look at it and see how I use it and just visit. Yeah, it's, it's no big deal for me. So I think uh, doctors helping doctors via the, the sales reps can help uh, facilitate that. And if I was looking at equipment right now, there's really, as an orthodontist, there's really two machines that I would consider. One would be the one I have, which is the Pro Max Mid. What that is, is it's a 
little bit smaller field of view that's then stitched together to render a full field of view um, volume. And the other machine that I would consider would be PlanMecca's uh, latest and greatest, which is the Viso, uh, which is an amazing machine. And it uh, it's a single pass uh, machine. Image quality, if you're going with PlanMecca, image quality is obviously at the forefront of everything that they do. And they've been known for that for years. So it really comes down to, do you have a little bit of extra change in your pocket to pay for the Viso to get the single pass? Or are you really more being a little economical and, you know, happy to have the two-pass machine? And, you know, if I, if I was buying right now, part of me just wants the latest and greatest and the most advanced. Um, so I would probably lean toward the Viso because if you look at it from a monthly payment standpoint, you're not talking about that big a difference in monthly payment amount. Then you get to work with the latest and greatest technology. And I, I like to do so. So that's just my perspective, my point of view. Take it for what you will. Yeah, and those uh, machines also do 2D imaging, correct? Correct, correct. So my, uh, and I'll tell you a funny story. My Promax Mid will take a 2D pan as well as uh, bite wings. I think it will even do tomographs uh, for, for TMJs. Yeah, it, it has a full range of uh, options on the 2D side. I was talking the other day to my sales rep. Because um, I was saying, you know, if I wanted to upgrade to the Viso, you know, what what would I have to do? And we were looking at it and she said, well, you know, how many 2D images have you taken? She told me how to find it. And I said, it says I've taken like 30, 34, 35 images. And she was like, no, that can't be right. And I'm like, no, I guarantee you, I'm surprised it's that much because I never take 2D. I only take 3D. And I said, I can tell you those 34, 35 images were all the um, the extra oil bite wings. Uh, for either family or friends or assistants that I, you know, taken taken essentially the extra roll bite wings on. But everything I do in my practice is is 3D. That's the sign of somebody that's uh, at the cutting edge as you are. You're also considered a KOL. So some people might think because at your level, you know, you need CBCT, but then other orthodontists don't really need it. Uh, just to wrap up this podcast because we're th- almost out of time. What's your answer to that? I've been surprised at uh, cases that I, in the, on first look or first glance, I thought, man, this is going to be a slam dunk case, easy breezy, no problem. I take the CBCT and you realize that there's no facial bone on the lower anterior teeth. And then you've got to completely rethink your treatment plan. Okay, now what am I going to do? I can't move these lower anterior teeth, anterior, posterior at all. I've got to keep these teeth in bone. So you start having to look at other treatment uh, options along with orthodontics to make that happen. And so I, I think at first glance, you may say, oh, I don't need it. You know, I'm not uh, I'm not treating the, the more complex cases. I'm only, you know, I'm just, you know, bread and butter orthodontist. I would say you need it more than anybody else uh, because it's the bread and butter cases, the expansion cases that I use it on um, consistently to determine which type of expander I'm going to use, whether it's going to be a fully skeletally fixated expander or it's going to be a hybrid design. Or, you know, they've got plenty of buckle bone. There's uh, the, the suture hasn't uh, fused at all. Uh, they're young. And I can just use a quad hel- helix or a hyrax. So, so it really does affect uh, cases that we've been treating a certain way for so long. It affects the way that I make and approach a case uh, in all cases. Even if you think, oh, I don't need it because I'm not treating the, the more difficult cases. I'm just, you know, bread and butter orthodontist. I would argue you need it more, as much 
as I needed. And unfortunately, it's, it's one of those things where you don't know just how much you need it until you start using it. And I cannot imagine practicing without it. Yeah. And that's typical of a lot of new technology innovation that comes to market. Once you start using it, you go, how did I do dentistry without it? Absolutely. Right. Um, that's been a fantastic right. summary of your world as far as 3D technology and how you use it. The reasons why orthodontists should strongly take a look at this if they're not using it. Feel free to visit our sponsor's website, planmecca.com. You could do a search for imaging and the different models that Dr. Burton mentioned are described there. And, and then again, once this COVID-19 crisis, this uh, horrible environment we're in right now fades away and uh, we get back to our normal lives, you'll be able to go to a dental show or a showroom and certainly have your sales rep give you more information about these uh, incredible technologies that Plan Mecca offers. Thanks again, Dr. Burton. It was very well done and we hope to have you on a future podcast soon. Absolutely, Phil. Look forward to it. Thank you.